Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we take you into the field, and we show you those places where you have those aha moments and mastermind meetings that can change your life or at least bring you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. So with that, today we are coming to you from a combination of my living room and my balcony here in beautiful Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America. And with that, what we're going to do here first off is we are going to introduce you to who we're speaking with today. His name is Luke Charlton. And topic of our conversation is how to excel your business with paid advertising and email marketing. And these are tactics which have been tested and proven across 70 plus niches. So some of the things we may get into is how to get clients sending this 15 minute email every day. I'm loving that one. Uh, $25,000 day ad scaling secrets. Uh, I know some of our listeners who heard that Luke was going to be on the show are curious about that one. The one sentence offer that gets $5,000 ticket clients. I got my notepad and two pens out for that one. And these are all reasons why right now you should be subscribing to the Business Creators Radio Show on your favorite network. So as far as Luke Charlton, he is a client attraction specialist. He works exclusively with coaches. He's helped over 1,000 coaches grow their business with paid ads and email marketing spanning, as I said, 70-plus niches. Other accomplishments include spending $16 million on online advertising, generating over half a million leads, sending more than a billion emails, banking $50 million in revenue. So there's the ROI on the $16 million for clients. And he's worked with top agencies to write copy for these people that I'm sure you've never heard of, like Bob Proctor, Mike Dillard, Grace Lever, Ryan Moran, Adrian Morrison, Anthony Morrison, Timothy Sykes, and many, many, many more. Actually, most of those are names you probably hear on a regular basis. With that, Luke Charlson, come on in. Weather's fine. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Adam. You got it. You got it. So my next question for you, is before we dive in and we touch on some of the questions that we have for you and some of those things we want to dive into in just a moment, is I read off your official bio. It's so impressive. I'm pretty sure I'm not even worthy to be here, and this is my show. So what we want to do is let's take a step back, and let's have you tell us a bit about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. 
Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't just wake up and have those results. Right. So it took, it took many years to, to get uh-huh. to, to achieve those. So um, I actually started out, uh, I was actually working nine to five in a government job back in 2013. And I quit that job because I wanted to become a coach, actually a health coach. And I moved to London. Um, so I was in Australia at the time. I moved all the way around to London. I'm back in Australia now. But um, I thought, you know what, there's more people in London. So that means it's going to be easier to attract clients. And um, I basically just, I, I took this spaghetti at the wall approach with my marketing. I just tried to do everything. And in that whole first 12 months, I got one client. So about, um, which equaled about 1500 pounds. And uh-huh. in other words, it was a complete disaster. And I got like so desperate at one stage. I mean, I borrowed money off my family. I uh-huh. uh, went door knocking on restaurant doors at the end, just towards the end of my time in, in London. I was that desperate to like try and get clients and, and cash flow in. So in other words, yeah, it um, <laughs> it, was, it was a complete disaster for the first few years of my business. And then um, things started to turn around. Um, ironically, when I kind of lost a lot of money, went into a lot of debt, I came back to Australia, <clears throat> ended up living with my nan because she was the only one that would let me live with her rent free. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and I got a side gig in a bar just like to help me pay off my bills, yep. pay off my debt. And I took a couple of steps back and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm, I'm tired of like chasing the bright, shiny objects of like, you know, one guru says you got to do webinars. The next one says you got to do like Facebook groups. The next one says you got to do LinkedIn strategies or whatever. And I was kind of do all of them. I was trying to do all of them. Right. So like, you know what? I'm just going to find out what the most successful people did back in the day before even the internet kind of was around. And that's where I started learning more about, you know, copywriting. Right. Learning from the copywriting greats like uh, Eugene Schwartz and Gary Halbert and Claude Hopkins and Ogilvy and um, many, many, many more copywriters. And, and that's when I started to learn about what actually makes your marketing convert and that it's not really about the bright, shiny funnels. Like a, um, a friend of mine always says, you know, a, a new funnel won't fix a broken message or a new marketing strategy won't fix a broken message. So until you kind of like get the the message right or the fundamentals right, it doesn't matter what strategy that you do. And that's what we business owners do a lot. We we think that the, the reason why we're not successful is because we're not using like SMS or we're not using like Facebook Messenger or whatever the latest guru funnel is. But it's this boring, unsexy, I've heard it before type things that really allows to be uh, successful and whether that, that that's with advertising, that's with email marketing, whatever, whatever strategy. So I just started focusing on that. And then um, I ended up working with an, as a, like an agency, again, as a side gig, I went from spending $20 a day on ads to like a hundred thousand dollars a month, literally overnight. So I got thrown in the deep end. Um, it was a guy named Jason, Jason Hornung. So I worked, worked in his agency for a couple of years Yep. as a contractor learning ads. And that's where I cut my teeth. And uh, then I started my own agency back in 2018. I've been running ads for coaches um, since 2016 in, in my own agency since 2018. As you mentioned, spending like, yeah, millions and millions of dollars on ads. So, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm able to do that because of the fundamentals. So that's kind of like a little bit of a insight into my story and uh, my my approach. That's 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 quite something here. So uh, there's a number of points you wanted us to cover when we were chatting in the green room. And as you 
heard in the introduction, there are a couple of things that I myself am pretty curious about mm-hmm. in terms of some of your accomplishments and some of what you offer. And I also know that you being so in demand, we have a limited amount of time to cover it. So we may move a little bit quickly here and we'll see how this goes. But oh. uh, let's start with a question that is on a lot of people's minds is why do paid advertising versus organic yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so all my time in London, I was doing organic, right? I was going to networking events five nights per week. I was on LinkedIn, right? Messaging people. I was in Facebook groups because they, they were just becoming like um, a thing then. Uh-huh. So I was doing a lot of the organic stuff. I said door knocking as well. I did cold calling as well. Um, and like that's, it's just, you know, it's a lot of effort for, you're spending a lot of time right? For not that many leads. Um, the way that I like to approach it is I actually, I actually recommend starting with advertising first, even if you're just beginning. And the reason why, like, yes, the downside is you have to pay. However, with advertising, one of the huge benefits that a lot of people don't really speak about is that you can test your message very quickly. Like I'll give you an example. I um, I was speaking with Sarban Ads for a client. So she helps law firms to grow their business, right? And she had an idea for a um, for an offer. She's like, hey, look, I've got this program. This is one that we're already running ads to. Like it's basically helps law firms get their first initial clients. And she's like, you know, yeah. I, I want to help a higher level client. Um, I want to work with law firms that already are a bit more established. And I actually mm-hmm. have a, a program that will help them with their team, like help their team become more systemized. I said, you know what, let's, let's test this offer to the market. So all I did literally... Um, we took, uh, I wrote an ad for her offer, put it um, on Facebook. And within 24 hours, we had people already applying for that, for that offer. And so the point is, we were able to test the idea for that offer, whether people wanted it or not, very, very quickly. And that's, that's kind of, that's quite hard to do with, with, um, with organic traffic a lot of the time, because you, your leads are quite, you know, can be inconsistent, especially like if you're a new coach or a solo professional, they can be quite inconsistent. So it's just hard to test whether what you're saying is work is working because you're just not getting enough people seeing your message. So that's one benefit of, of advertising that's not really spoken about. But the other benefit obviously is that it's it's automated. So you save a lot of um a lot of time and not having to kind of chase prospects down and do all of the, the um yeah, the pounding the payment, which I used to do. Again, the downside is you've got to pay. So what I recommend is have something you can use to pay for your ads in the beginning. So you really need to only be spending, say, 20 bucks a day minimum is what I say is a good place to start. So what is that? Okay. That's like 600 bucks a month or something. It's not it's not much. So if you get a, like I did, just get a side gig to pay for your ads because it's it sounds weird, but it's actually going to speed up your results. That's why I say start with ads because you can test your message a lot faster than the organic strategies and automated. So it saves you a lot of time, so it leverages your time as well. Yeah, I, and that makes sense. You know, another analogy that I've heard is that think of your organic as your engine that's always running. Hmm. And if you and if you have that, if you keep that tuned up, you do good maintenance on it. It's just like your car; it'll get you tuned from the grocery store for almost in perpetuity. Hmm. But when you really want to, when you really want to mash the gas pedal, when you want to push it to the limit, when you want to really go places, that's think of the paid advertising is the turbocharger or the high octane fuel that will let you see how that 
works out. It'll test the limits of your vehicle. It will yep. get you somewhere from point A to point B potentially a lot faster or expose why that's not going to be possible. Exactly right. And so based on like when I look at an ad campaign, I can look at someone's numbers, right? So I can see how many people have clicked on the ad, how many have opted in, how many have booked right. an appointment. I, I can see that all of that. And I can know like what's working and what's not. So you just mentioned like, yeah, it it does expose each part of that process, the lead generation and booking the appointments or the sales process. It exposes what's not working. That's why I love paid ads because it gets a lot more traffic. You can expose much faster what isn't working. And then once that's converting, then I say, look, then you do, then you add in the organic strategy. So this is when you would add like, like a podcast and then maybe like a Facebook group where you post more regularly and that will get you more and more appointments. I just like the advertising for speed is just a, such a huge benefit. Speed and automation. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here's uh, something, and this is this came up with some folks who heard you were going to be on the show and wanted me to get your thoughts on this in advance. And candidly, this is... Um, this is one of my questions, and you'll probably laugh when I ask this. And I'm actually going for humor here. When <laughs> you're, you, you are, you already know the question is: is how do you invest in paid advertising, knowing you have to suspend belief in reality? What do you mean? Sorry, you have to deal with some of the weird ideas that the networks come up with. Uh, like you'll be running an ad for how to get sponsored to and attend an event, and they'll decide to ban the ad, claiming you violated their policy on selling tobacco. Um, so are you saying that they've been banned for a reason that's not related to their ad? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Or they're or they're trying yeah. to comply, and they're being told yeah. that they're still not complying. Like, uh, you, or you get in the loop of. Your, your landing page has no privacy policy. So you add a privacy policy and you say, your ad does not have a privacy policy. So then you change the whole web page and you say, we have a privacy policy is the main headline. <laughs> you put the privacy policy in 45 point text and then you put the offer way at the little bottom and they say, for the third time, we have given you clear instructions and you still have not put a policy, a privacy policy on your web page. I have never, uh, that's quite, that sounds like quite an an extreme example. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So usually when you get the, like, that sounds very extreme, but um, I've never, I've had personally never experienced that specific, like kind of extremeness, but usually what happens. um, So first of all, I would say, obviously, whatever um, platform you're advertising on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. You need to be very familiar with their with their policies, obviously. And Facebook now, like before, like a couple of years ago, that was it was quite ambiguous as to what they were looking for. But they're they've actually recently updated it, maybe in, in the last 18 months, to give you a lot more examples of exactly what is okay and what isn't okay. So they have the contrast there. So that makes it a lot clearer. So I would say, number one, read through the policies. A lot of people don't do that for whatever reason, but that you need to be very familiar with those policies. And the biggest one that catches people out, I would say, is probably personal attributes. It's like um, calling people out. Um, so for an example they give is like, um, it's kind of like, I, um, are you looking for other um, other black singles, right? Something like that is like, well, you're kind of then giving away that you know that the person is black and they'll, you know, so um, you need to know how to not make the person feel like, hey, how do they know that I'm black? Hey, how do they know that? that I've just been divorced, like that that type of thing, right? So uh-huh. the personal tributes thing is really critical. And what I find is, yeah, it there's sometimes there is a fine, there is a fine line. And sometimes you'll get your ads approved, 
by one Facebook rep, right? By one person who's reviewing the ads. And then another time it'll get disapproved. So remember you are number one, it gets, it gets reviewed by a bot. So that's the first thing. And then when you get, when you ask for it to be reviewed, it'll go manually to a person. And so you get basically goes to a human. And as we know, humans are quite, you know, the, every, every person is kind of different, even though they have like kind of guidelines, some will err on the side of caution. Some will be a bit more kind of liberal with how they approve or disapprove. So, um, so you just remember that there are humans and, and sometimes, yeah, it, if you're on that fine line, sometimes your ad is okay. Sometimes it gets disapproved, but I would say, yeah, what you're saying there is an extreme, is a very extreme example. And that by and large, if you stick to their, their um policies usually they do get they do get approved um and if if they're not then i would speak to an expert and get them to review your ad because that can often give you a lot of insight as to why it's not getting approved wow okay that that's a really great breakdown and it does shed some light now so you're saying that uh within the past i think you said year to 18 months in your view given you do this for a living this is your profession mm. you are stating that I want to make sure I heard this right, that they've actually, in your estimation, removed some of that ambiguity and reduced that part of dealing with them that makes you feel like you're in a twilight zone sometimes. And it's act- and they're actually taking steps, at least, to communicate with the people who are giving them money. Yeah, absolutely. So even when... Um... Yes, so to answer your question, yes, they've got more examples in the just little, literally all you have to do is just Google ad Facebook ad policy. It'll be right there at yeah. the top search. Um, but when your ad gets disapproved now, and this is like literally in the last month or so, it actually gives you even more information as to why it's been disapproved. Like before, it was, you should say like your ad has been disapproved, and it might and it might have said like you know personal attributes or something. Now they give you like a, even more of an explanation, um, and that's literally like yeah, in the last month or so. So they are. They do know that it's a huge frustration with with people, uh-huh. um, and they try to, you know, they don't want to give away like the exact criteria because then people will like gain the system. Obviously, they don't want that, but they are constantly striving to, you know, be have have that transparency. Is what I've noticed. That it's not like the, the the you know the policies have been the same, and the explanation has been the same for the like the last ten years. They they're constantly updating, improving how. To, you know, to be transparent, but also to kind of safeguard their own criteria that they use to um, to review an ad. But like, you know, once you've been doing this as long as I am, you, you kind of know like what they're looking for. And at the end of the day, like you have to look at it from Facebook's perspective, like their, their customers actually, the, the users, right? And then advertisers are obviously very important, but they're kind of secondary. They have to make their customers happy first they have to make it a great platform yeah, they don't want yeah. people putting really terrible ads on there because then it becomes a bad experience um so it's actually in your best interest that you put up a great ad um because then people will want to use facebook and they, uh, you know because if it went the other way then facebook would be dead and buried a long time ago if they didn't monitor these ads right and, and disapprove them right 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 and uh, and if you're saying that maybe it's uh become a bit more rational than some of the stories that we've heard on the show over yeah. the years, then yeah. maybe it's worth it for those, some of our listeners who may have thought, oh, I'll never do that, but maybe at least take another look at it if you feel like you're otherwise missing out. I know there are some folks that are just never going to go back, but there are also an audience that say, I would love to, if only I could actually figure this out and make it work for me. And what I'm hearing now is that we might be in a, in a place where that could actually be possible. Uh, and, I, and I remember during the, the depths of all this stuff, people's 
uh, million-dollar accounts being deactivated without explanation mm. and uh, the ridiculous reasons why ads were being uh, turned off or disapproved, what have you. And mm. I remember all the chatter and discussion groups, people saying, well, you know, you have to earn the privilege of being on Facebook's platform. And I said, fuck that. I got the money. I'm the customer. <laughs> they don't want my money. I'll take it somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah, and absolutely. in fact, I did, and I got return on investment on it. So screw you with, I have to earn being your customer. Now, I understand with one-to-one services or professional services and things like that, you do want to make sure there's a synergy. And as a service yeah. provider in that nature myself, I have turned down opportunities to serve simply because I didn't feel those synergies were there. But the way some of that got worded, it, 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 it sounds like certain software providers would say, if you don't use our software, you're not really in business. Really? Mm. <laughs> I must be in business enough to have paid the money to attend a seminar to hear you say that in your sales pitch. But okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that. It's uh, oh, funny. So you know, really, I would just like to see a lot more rationality across the board. And, I, and for folks who want to advertise on Facebook and other platforms, I would like to see a lot more people be successful with it. And I would encourage them to take up on one of the things that we're going to invite folks to near the end of this. So here's, I want to, I want to shift gears here a little bit. Yep. Tell me a bit, you've, you were telling me in the green room about your email system and I'm so on the edge of my seat about this. I'm not big on paid advertising, but I'm big on email. And yep. I will. I am a junkie for information <laughs> about email marketing. A junkie for it. Because I've been here for so many deaths of email marketing that it's like, I mean, it, it's had more lives than a cat. Uh, so why are your emails so effective? What is it about your system? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. So um a couple of things I would say. Uh, so when I when I was in um, uh, when I came back from London, as I said, I started like studying like what did the old school people do, and what one of the things they did was like before the internet, very simple, was they built a list and they mailed that list. Obviously, it wasn't email; it was like sending direct mail, like physical mail to their right. to their mailbox. And then that became email, right? So the digital version of sending to your mailbox. But the point is they all they did was build a list and email a list. And that really appealed to me because it's of its simplicity. And so I thought, you know what, I'm not going to focus on anything else or any of the complex stuff. I'm just going to focus on um, building my list and emailing my list. And so um, and so that's what I did. And, and I, what I did was like what most solo professionals do or business owners is when you go to you know build a list and send emails to your list, you think that what is going to make it convert is a lot of great content, right? So you try to like wow them with your uh -huh. content. And so what I did is I, I'd spent hours on my emails and I'd send them amazing content and I get people writing and saying, hey, look, this is great, but I wouldn't get any appointments. And so I, I'd noticed that like, you know, they'd, they'd be engaged for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden like the, the open rate would just significantly drop after, after a couple of weeks. Right. And what I was finding is that people would love the content, but they would just kind of put it in like the I'll get to it later folder, which we, we all have, right? It's like, I'll read that. Later, uh -huh. that's, that's great. And we never get to it. It's just like, you know, a thousand emails of content and we just never get to it. So, um, and that was really frustrating for me because I'm spending all this time on, on email and I'm also watching how these same, you know, 
people in general, right? They're, they're spending their time, like spending hours a day on like social media, on Netflix. This is when streaming was starting to become bigger, right? So Netflix, spending hours a day on YouTube. I mean, if you just Google like how much time do people spend on, on social media, it's like two, like two hours a day on average. And then Netflix, I think is around the same as well. And so, th- so the point is, they're spending all this time, they're consuming content, but they're not consuming, you know, my content, right? Which is just a couple of minutes for them to read the email. So I'm like, why are they consuming this content? That's not actually helpful for their life, but they're not consuming my content that's actually going to help them in their business. And the answer that's obvious, right? Is that the content that they're consuming is entertaining, right? So whether it's social media or Netflix or whatever. And so I thought, you know what, if I, if I want to get better engagement, I need to write emails in a way that actually that they actually want to read in the first instance, that they actually like enjoy opening up, uh, opening, um, opening up their emails. And so what I started doing is, you know, cause I'm not like a natural comedian or entertainer. I don't have like, like a late show or anything like that. I thought like, what's a, what's a simple way for me to entertain that engages people. And, and, and one of the things I looked to was like, well, what does Hollywood do? And quite simply, they, they tell stories, right? And so, and, and, and that's great because that's how, how we actually naturally communicate. Like from, from the time we started to talk, like say one 18 months old or somewhere around at 15 months old, where the way that we communicate with or learn to communicate is through stories. And that's how even to this day, right? We, most of our communication, just like this podcast interview right here is just one gigantic story or a series of stories anyway. And that's how we speak to our colleagues, our friends, our clients generally are uh, in, in stories. So I just started writing stories, um, personal stories, client stories, funny stories that I found on the internet, frustrating stories that I found on the internet and putting those in my emails. And the the actual story most often is totally not relevant to my topic. It could be any type of um, any type of story. But the place that I look for a story is something that something that sparks an emotion within me. So if it makes me angry or laugh or so I saw a, a news article the other day that I wrote an email about. And it was a girl, something, the headline was something along the lines of girl goes to the hospital because she was too afraid to fart, like in front of her boyfriend. Like that was the headline. It was shorter than that. But basically that was the the gist of the articles that she, she was, she went to hospital because she didn't want to fight in front of her boyfriend. Uh And so I thought that was funny. And I wrote it. And again, it was a funny story. I I just told how I, the, the, the email was just about how I just came across this funny story. And here's what the story was about. And I, and I didn't know how it was related to my topic at that stage, but that's not the point is I, you find an, an entertaining story. And again, I use that just by something that I find entertaining or happy or something that sparks emotion within me. And then from there, once you tell the story, like that's the entertaining piece, right? And that is so, so critical. This is like, I get people writing in every day um, saying how much they love my emails. And again, the reason why is because of what I'm telling you right now. It's because I lead with something that's actually enjoyable for them to read. And this yeah, is the yeah. biggest thing that that like the that business owners really find it really hard to wrap their heads around. And that is um they're, they're really afraid to send more emails because they don't want to, you know, quote unquote like bother their list. They don't want to get a lot of unsubscribes. They don't want to, you know, quote unquote <laughs> annoy people, right? And my thinking behind that is well. If your emails annoy people, like if you're sending, you know, if you're, you said, let's say you're sending one email per week and you're like, no, I don't want to send any more because I don't want to annoy them. Well, to me, that's like, I'm, I'm of the, the thinking is like, well, 
if your emails annoy people, you shouldn't be sending any at all. Like don't stop sending, even if it's once a week, don't send them that email if it's annoying them, right? Your emails should, they should actually want to receive your emails. And when you start sending emails like that, then you can actually start sending more emails. And then when you send more emails, you're getting more offers in front of your list. So yeah, what, what I do with my clients is I say, look, once you start you know, with a story and you make your emails more entertaining by starting with a story, you can actually send an email per day. And that's what I do. I literally send an email every single day, has a story, and um, and then it has an offer at the end of that email. It has a when I say offers, like it's just a soft call to action. Like, hey, if you need help growing, you know, getting more clients, go here to book a spot in my calendar. So the 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 framework that I use is story lesson close, okay, or story lesson call to action. So it's the story, whatever that could be, anything. And then what is the lesson from that story? So for me, it'd be a marketing lesson or an advertising lesson or a sales lesson, but it could be any whatever your topic is. And then the um. And then the call to action at the end, like, so when you get to the lesson, you're kind of on topic. So it makes it very easy to just do a simple transition to your, to your call to action. So, I mean, I'm happy to read off an example as well, if you want me to, if we've got time, but that's the framework basically is just story lesson close. Okay. Uh, so my thoughts on whether you're quote unquote annoying people. And I, I tell a story, I, I love to tell the outlier stories, the ones that are like almost too far out there to be believable, but they really mm-hmm. happened. So here's, and, 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 and there's this one I like to tell that uh, actually kind of makes my point. So, <laughs> so I, had a cl- I have a client who <laughs> launched a program. It was a paid program, actually. Yep. This client had already invested significantly in list building and had um, and has a pretty responsive list. If you actually saw their statistics and their numbers, you would be envious. Uh, yeah. See, I'm, I'm coughing. Even think about it. I took a drink and went down the wrong <laughs> side. You know how that happens. But Facebook is meta marketing. I mean, excuse me, podcasting, particularly when you share it on Facebook, is meta marketing. So we're going to leave it in. Um, and out of the blue, some random person accused my client of engaging in unethical behavior and being a scammer and a fraud because the person looking at the sales page couldn't find the price for the event, even though it was there. Okay. So there are two ways you could approach that. And, uh, and this is, and this, and there are some folks who might say, oh, well, we, we really got to make this up to this person. Uh, we have to, we have to apologize. We have to make sure that we've uh, explained that we, that we're not unethical. We need to, we mm. need to accommodate them and, and everything else. And, my client didn't go that far with it, but uh, was pretty much in the camp of, oh, no, somebody said I'm unethical. I got to do something about this. Mm. So fast forward a week, we uh, had the promotion going and we had that event almost halfway filled. We sold it out, by the way, pat on the back. Uh, and then uh, the client suggested, well, what about so-and-so, meaning the person who had flamed her? And yeah. uh, well, maybe, you know, maybe we should approach her and apologize and offer her a discount. Mm. And, I, and I said, well, okay, the, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to say that the person who flamed my client, we're going to call her Lisa. Cause that's her name. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I said, I said, I said, there's nothing to worry about. We took care of Lisa and uh, my client called. Cause I like, well, well, what, what you, you wrote her an apology. What did she respond? What did she say? It's like, we took her off your list and threw her off all your social media and blocked her everywhere yeah. we could. She's not going to be a problem <laughs> anymore. 
Yep. Yeah, I took care of it because here's the point I want to make. Somebody whose initial approach to you is going to be to attack, criticize, and condemn. Mm. A, they ain't going to buy from you statistically mm. because B, they're so worried about tearing each other da- others down, they're not building themselves up. They probably don't even have money. Yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, and I've tested this one too. The person who is likely to buy from you, who's following your emails, for a while, they're going to just sort of read quietly. They may mm. read every single day. They may look forward to that daily email from Luke Charlton. They may not say anything to Luke for up to a year. Uh, I've seen statistics run anywhere from six months to 18 months. The year's kind of in the median of that. Yep. But they're watching. They see what he's doing. And one day, they're going to reach out and they're going to say, come on, man. Just take my money already. <laughs> yep. But because they were just quietly observing while they sipped their tea. And that's one of the reasons I tell people be persistently consistent with it. And this is why I was interested in speaking with you is to get your tactics on how to appeal to that segment. The many yeah, people well, who are just watching, they know they're interested. They're trying to find their reasons to invest. Mm. And it's like, okay, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And they're just going to get to that point where they say, damn it, I've been emailing me for a year. Just take my money already. And that comes out of the blue. It does. Yeah. It happens all the time. Uh Uh, Happened just this week, actually. Uh, Actually, to the client that I was speaking to this morning. Um, Well, you know, that's why email marketing is still the email is still the most effective method most in terms of ROI. It's it's the highest ROI even to this day. And the reason why is it's the main follow-up method, right? So uh, most, as you know, most people are not ready to buy today. There's a very small part of the market that is. Most, so it's about 30% of the market, which is like the the, the big chunk. Um, So it's about 3%, somewhere in there, 3% ready to buy today. And then there's another 6% that could be open to it if you put a good offer in front of them. Then the next 30% are not ready to buy today, but there will be someday in the near future. Um, And so the way that you convert that 30%, which is the blue ocean opportunity, because no one else is speaking to that 30%. Everyone just wants the people that are buying today. Is you follow up via email and you do it consistently. Um, and they are often like your most skeptical buyers as well. Like as you, you know, and, and that's and they're often your best clients because the most skeptical ones are the ones that have been around the block, you know, they've invested in programs, they've been burned. And it what that means is if if they're still looking to invest after being burned, like it means that they're very motivated, right? They want to make it work. They just don't, they just want to make sure that they're choosing the right mentor to help them, right? Or the right product or service, whatever it is. So your skeptical buyers are often the best clients. And, and that, and that's why email brings in great clients because it allows you to build a relationship with those prospects. Show, explain, like each email, you can explain like what makes you different, right? Each email, it's kind of like a straw on the camel's back. Like I just look at it as every email is a straw on the camel's back. And one day, one of those emails. It, it, they just build and build and build. And one of them, as you just said, they're just like that and they're ready to buy. And they're like, Luke, okay, I'm, I'm ready to jump in. Let's let's chat. And the people that also come from your email list, they're already sold. They already know, like, and trust you. They know about your program because you talk about it in like your, your emails and your closing rate on those people are going to be extre- extremely high. So there's just so many benefits to um, consistently following up. Another benefit is having consistent clients, right? Having just a consistent flow of appointments or sales coming through into your business is very, very powerful. 
Um, so that's why I also do an email per day because, again, consistency. And I know the more I email, the more straws on the camel's back. The more I email, the more offers I'm getting in front of my my list as well. And again, these are emails that they enjoy. So why wouldn't I send one each day that takes only like a few minutes to read? Right, right, right. So you gave us that uh, 15 minute formula and I love it. And I know that one of the invitations that we're going to be sharing um, at the end of our conversation is going to be about that. So I encourage our listeners to stay tuned. Luke actually has three or four different offers that we're going to need to get through. So we're going to spend a good few minutes on that at the end. You came to the right place if you want to get educated on the uh, email and uh, the ad marketing here. But there's another thing that you um, teased us with in the green room that I really want to surface. It's the one-sentence offer that gets $5,000 clients. Yep. I'm going to go into that <laughs> badly. Like, like, give me. Yeah. So it's funny. I actually um, advertised that on Facebook as a lead magnet, like as a free opt-in. And there was, it, it's funny. Like I got two responses on my ad. I got like half the crowd was like, oh my God, this training is amazing. And then I got half the comments saying, you're a scammer. This is, you know, this is totally hypey. This is BS. And they're all the people that didn't actually opt in for the training, but the people that opted in, no joke. I've got people saying like, man, I've invested in, $25,000 masterminds. And I've got the screenshot as well. Um, and th- this training is not as, <laughs> it's just funny. He goes, I've invested in $25,000 masterminds and this, um, and this training is more valuable than those masterminds. And then there's a comment underneath that says something like, look, it's obviously paid this guy to write, <laughs> to write this comment. Um, so anyway, the, the point is, it sounds like it does sound hypey. That's why I stopped running the ads, but it's true. So what is the, what is the one sentence offer? So this is where a lot of, Again, us business owners, I work with coaches. So just for some context, so I'll say it in the terms of coaches, but it works, it applies for pretty much every business owner. We love what we do, right? We love our service. We love our product. And so often what we do is because we love our product or service, we actually lead with that with our marketing message. Like, hey, I'm a mindset coach and I'm going to help you with your mindset. Or, hey, I'm a leadership coach. I'm going to help you with your leadership. Where the, the prospect doesn't really want that, right? Um, what they want is they have a problem. So for example, if you're a coach or a service, like solo service professional, usually like that's like more, you need more clients, right? So they've got a problem and you've got the solution, but your solution is, again, it's it's not the deliverable of the coaching per se. It's actually, what is the result that you are going to get in relation to the problem that they want solved, right? So if, if a coach wants more clients, then um, what I'm actually offering is not, hey, get my... Um, eight-week training program. No, my what I'm offering is I will help you get to you know 30 clients within the next 30 days, or I'll give you your money back. Right, that's an example of an offer. So when I think of an offer, I always think of it in terms of the promise that the, that I'm the result that I'm pro- that I'm promising in the first instance. That's always first, and then once they're bought in on that. Then you talk about, okay, it's, yeah, it's eight weeks. There's like, you know, one-on-one coaching. It's a, I've got a training platform where you've got these modules, blah, blah, blah. But then all that stuff is like irrelevant. So what you want to do is you want to actually lead with a specific result that speaks to a very painful problem. And that's like literally 80% of your success with market with marketing and selling is just what's the main problem that they're solving? And then what are you actually promising? What's the result that you're promising to solve that, solve that problem? So that's all the one sentence is. The one sentence is just like, what is your, what's your promise? What's the result that you're promising? And actually a lot of people probably heard of um, 
Alex Hamozi's book, the $100 million offers book. Yeah, right. And he talks about that a lot. And I've been teaching what he uh, talks about in that book for for many, many years. Um, But yes, like what is the result? Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what they're buying. They don't care about your coaching or your service or your product. And so when you communicate in terms of a result, now all of a sudden, you can, again, that's one sentence. There's already ones like, I will help you get X in Y time. What it is, I will, I will help get you 10 dates a, a month within the next, you know, 14 days or whatever it is. So that's just one sentence. It's literally just one sentence. And that is the, now you're communicating the true value of your program. So that's your one sentence offer. You've got to get that right first. And when you do, then all of a sudden you can raise your raise your fees, right? You can sell it like whatever it is, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 or higher. So that's the one sentence um, that gets $5,000 plus clients. I mean, it could be higher as well, but as long as you get that right, that will communicate the true value of what you're delivering. And then you can um, you can price your program appropriately. Does that make sense, Adam? Oh yeah, that makes uh, that makes dollars and cents. So what I also, <laughs> yeah, what I also uh, really appreciate about this um, and, everything, and everything you're sharing with us is, that it is, and and I and I've heard this. I mean, I've seen uh, the what Alex Hormozzi does, and I've also I think it I can't remember if it was Frank Kern or who was the originator of it. It's 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 the um, it's the nine word email, and it just mm. takes the form of a question: Are you still interested in? Value yes, Dean Jackson is who you're thinking of. I'm sorry, who? Dean Jackson. I'm oh sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it, it, regardless, thanks for clarifying for me. So yeah, yeah, Dean Jackson. Okay, so I got at least I got the name right now with your help, and I appreciate that. But it's basically you're speaking of substantially the same thing. It's the idea of coming up with that one sentence mm-hmm. that that il- that il- that uh, that that really nails down what is the value uh, that they gain from investing in you, and. How do you and how do you reach them on that point very you know, very succinctly? So that's part of what I love about what you're sharing with us today. Thank you. Yeah, and so an example of mine. So mine is um, so I have two sides of my business. I've got like the done for you agency, and then I'll, I'll coach people on how to market. But my one sentence offer for the um, agency is, I will help you get to ninety appointments. Oh, sorry, I will help you get to twenty appointments per month within ninety days, or I'll give you. Um, your money back plus ad spend, plus I'll cover your ad spend. So that's my one sentence. I literally, I'm running that ad right now and it's booking appointments in my calendar. And, and so that's where most of the response is coming from that campaign is just that offer. So when you have like a yeah a strong one sentence offer, you it's um, it really can transform transform like the amount of people that book on your calendar. It makes it easy to sign people up to your programs because now they understand what they're actually buying. Yeah, I yeah. So basically, we're seeing is a few things we can mix together to make mm. this all happen here. So uh, I want to cycle back. There's one thing that we missed before we wrap up here is uh, you know, we're going to go back to ads here for a moment before I mm-hmm. share your invitations with our audience. And uh, you mentioned uh, the twenty five thousand dollar a day ad scaling secrets. Now I'm separating this from the main conversation about Mm -hmm. online advertising, because first I recognize that within my own audience, there's a bit of resistance to doing advertising (laughs) at all. So I wanted the message of maybe things are different. Let's give it another try to stand on its own. But for the ones who are ready to go deep with investing, uh, $25,000 a day ad scaling secrets, 
there are some people whose eyes pop out at the thought <laughs> of that actually happening, regardless of how many times they see somebody who's claimed they've done it. Yeah. Yes. And no, that's, um, uh, I've, yes, yeah, scaled campaigns that high regularly for, for clients where we do spend $25,000 a day. And, um, and again, I mean, a lot of it is what what we've just discussed in terms of the secrets, right? So getting the offer right is so critical, like getting the offer right. Another another big part in terms of the um, uh, the secrets is the metrics as well. So with, with the way that advertising is at the moment, it's quite expensive. And what a lot of people want to do with their ads is they want to sell low ticket, right? They want to do like a low ticket book or they want to do like a membership or whatever. And the assumption there is, oh, because it's low ticket, it's easier to sell. Well, actually, that's not the case. It's much harder to sell low ticket because you have to write like, you know, a long sales page, you're you're driving cold traffic to a sales page and you're getting, trying to get people to, you know, basically give you their credit card details and they have no idea who you are. So that actually takes a lot more skill to do that than to just get an appointment and close a client into a 5K program. That's actually easier. Um, also, from the metric side of things, selling low ticket is harder because often you're actually not making that much profit. The goal of the low ticket campaigns are most often, what's with my, most of my clients, we just break even. What that means is we spend a dollar, we make a dollar back. So we're not making any profit. What, what's the point of that? Well, we're getting a customer basically. Okay, so we're getting a customer for free and then we sell that customer coaching or a high price service. So my theory right. is always like, why even bother with that? Like I've got clients that want to do that. So we do that for them with their ads. But for me personally, and what I coach on, I say, don't even bother with that. Just skip all the complex funnel stuff, literally go from your ad and book an appointment, like just get people in on your calendar and then sell them a high priced service. And the metric, like the numbers work out way better. You get uh -huh. such a much, much higher return on your ad spend when you do it that way, right? This is when you start to get five to one to 10 re one returns on your ad. So I get about a 10 to one return on, on my ads. And um, so I spend a thousand and make back 10,000. And um, and I can do that because I sell a high, you know, high price services. And so that's why I'd say, look, if you if you all you want to sell is a high price service, um, <clears throat> If that's the main goal, don't do any complex low ticket funnel stuff. Or just get an appointment and sell the high price service on, on the phone, if that makes sense. So um, in terms of an advertising secret, that is a big one. Start with a, a model, a business, a, a model that actually makes sense to get a good return on your ads. Does that make sense, Adam? Uh, it makes dollars and cents. <laughs> yeah. So that's one. I mean, like seriously though, like the the biggest quote unquote, not so secret, not secret, I guess, is... um. As I said before, 80% of your success with advertising is getting that offer right. Like making sure that you're actually solving a really big, painful problem and having an offer that that speaks to um, that is a, like as I said, a great offer to solve that problem like, that actually delivers a specific result. It's like, hey, if you join my program, this is the result that we're going to get within the next whatever it is, 60, 90 uh, days or whatever, whatever the time frame is. And that is already 80% of your success online. And the rest, like the, the copywriting is, is a much smaller percentage and managing your ads and setting up the tech. That's that's really very, very small percentage, but it's just the offer. The problem and the offer are the two biggest um, things that, again, it's these fundamentals, right? It's like, you know, we think that what the reason why we're not successful is because we don't have this the latest guru funnel, but it's, it's these fundamentals that no one likes to talk about. Um, that are actually what makes you successful. That's that's really something here. All right, so we uh, I know we have to um, we have to wrap this up here. You've given us so much incredible value here. I mean, this is uh, in terms of 
how to's and how to do stuff, you have grossly over delivered here. Gross, I mean, just by that number, meaning by a huge amount. So um, here are the invitations. I'm going to say these off slowly. Uh, the first is the nine email offers to get clients free. And it also dives more into this bonus one sentence offer. So that's going to be at nine. That's the number nine. Nine email offers.com. Nine email offers.com. The next. Yeah. Wait, the wait, Adam, can I, st can I stop you there for a second, Adam? Yeah. I think that's probably because all the other links that you're going to go through now, I talk about those on my list, right? So um, I think the best thing is just go to nine email offers.com. And if you if you go there, and the, again, that's a free guide called the nine email offers that get clients for free. Yeah. If your audience goes there, I will give them that workshop, the one sentence offer that gets $5,000 clients. I've got, I'll just give them that for free. So when you, yep. when they opt in to say, Hey, Luke came from Adam's podcast. Can I have the, the one sentence offer workshop? I'll send that through to them. And then, as I said, like all the other links that you're going to go through, I, I, um, I talk about on my list every now and then. So there's, you don't have to go through all of them, just, uh, just right. the nine email offers. And then they can also see how I do my emails. They can see if, if that's something that they, um, that they resonate with as well. Right, probably, right, 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 right. So the 15 yeah. minute client workshop, the hermit hole and all the other stuff is going to be there uh, when they go to that main offer. Uh, that saves yeah. us time. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like, uh, I like, I like condensing things into one opportunity <laughs> and it kind of makes sense that that would be the good starting point and uh, the rest of yeah. the development. So get the nine off the nine email offers to get, get clients free. Once you sign up for it, ask Luke for the one sentence offer gift. Tell him yep. he came from the Business Creators Radio Show. And he's also, as you, as you go along, you'll you'll f figure out how to get the 15-minute client workshop, the hermit hole, more stuff uh, where he takes you to his main website and just points it to you. Uh, but just go to 9emailoffers.com. And with that, Luke Charlton, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an honor. And believe me, an education. Thanks, Adam. I really um, had a lot of fun today. So thanks for having me on. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.